Welcome back to Film Noobs. This week we have an actor, director, writer, a winner. Uh, well, this was back then of our college uh, level um, submission for uh, Rough. Uh, his name is Rankin Dean. He did, uh, what is it, At the End of Eight, which is a well, what thriller comedy, not comedy, a thriller uh, mystery kind of horror. How would right. You, you, right? We usually say like a suspense-driven thriller. Okay, there you go. All right, so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Rankin, if you don't mind. All right, well, thanks, uh, first of all, for having me. Um, so I'm an actor and filmmaker. I studied uh, theater and minor in film in Texas and made some films growing up uh, with my friends um, in our free time. And then, um, you know, starting with short films. And this was our uh, second feature that we made while we were in college. Um, just on a $4,000 budget. And most of that budget went to buying the camera. And um, we knew that we didn't have a whole lot of money to um, make a big budget film. So I wrote it around it all taking place within one location, like one house, because I knew that'd be easiest. And so that's what uh, uh, gave birth to the idea of at the end of eight, where they stay inside of a a stranger's home for eight hours. Um, And uh, right now I'm out living in L.A. uh, pursuing my my dreams of acting and filmmaking. And we. are just now releasing our third feature. Um, and it's been like three years since at the end of eight, almost, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Look at you yeah, <laughs> trucking along. That's awesome. Oh, Trying. There's so much I want to like unpackage because everything you just said was like, there's, there's a lot that I can nitpick mm-hmm. here. Oh, first of all, congratulations. You're on your third and you sent me a trailer for it. Um, right. What was the name of it? I can't forget. It's Tell me Dangerous the- Ones. Dangerous ones. There you go. Um, same kind of premise, you know, a little dark thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what I got from the trailer. It looks really good. So hopefully Thank if, you. if you're going to submit it, let me know um, and, and <laughs> take care of you. Bring bring it along and and, you know, let's see. Let's let's see it. <laughs> um, yeah. I really you. liked the premise of At the End of Eight. Um, it was really simply done, but it wasn't a simple film. There was a lot of twists and turns, especially towards the end, that kind of made you think it was going in one direction, but then you changed it on us. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked a couple of lines, you know, like, in, uh, was it uh, right about when they're about to hit them, they're like, like and subscribe, oh, Like and subscribe, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh man, that's what memes are made out of. Yes. Yeah, yeah. those college kids being goofy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, so it was really good. Um, I ring. I really enjoyed it, and so that's another reason why I brought you back in because I really wanted to talk to you about that, the whole process of it. And I'm glad you you mentioned the fact that it was done on a four thousand dollar budget, one location. It was how many actors? Three or four actors? It was like four or five, including myself. I played a small part in it too. Yeah, you played the mm-hmm. the cop at the end. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which I didn't really recognize you because you had grown out your beard and everything. I was like, man. Yeah, man, I've man. never grown it that that long before. You got <laughs> some good looks, cheap. man. Thanks. So depending on how thick your beard is, oh, man, that looks really good. <laughs> um, so you're in. Let's talk a little bit about the film. The film was, uh, you had to go in the house, not get caught for eight hours. At the end of eight hours, you got money. Mm-hmm. But your film had some twists and turns at the end, some reveals. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say, I mean, people should, I've already seen it. If they haven't seen it, I don't want to ruin it for because I want them to go see it, especially, you know, 
support you. Thank you. But but let, let's talk about that process um, of having why you pick. Well, you you I mean you mentioned the fact that you did it because low budget. But as far as like the process of actually filming it and making it work. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, I knew that there needed to be like um, twists and turns um, eventually because you can't have. Uh, like that's that's the thing about a feature it's like in a short film you can get away with them like just running around in the house like from killers like the yeah. whole time but in a feature it, you just need something to like make it that long like draw it out and and to keep the suspense going too um because i knew when i was writing it that you could only have the suspense last so long of until they find out what's inside the house you know like what's going on and i knew that at the halfway point something needed to happen and that's that first twist where and it ex- comes exactly halfway through um and the process uh was all night shoots pretty much um mainly weekends and because we filmed it in the fall and then i think a little bit over thanksgiving break and christmas break and stuff just whenever we could um and we filmed it in this this historical uh house actually that nobody was living in but like a society was running it um Uh and they have events there and stuff like that so they agreed to let us film there um and so we had this really big cool looking old looking house um and most of the cast and crew were just college students and people that i knew and that were that were friends with me and um uh yeah um so that's pretty much the process of it uh and (laughs) We, we knew that there needed to be like some like fun action and, you know, like, because like the, what helps suspenseful films is like when you reward the audience at the end, because yeah. the audience is like his intention the whole time. And, um, it's so satisfying. Like I wanted to give them a satisfying release and, uh, and I want it to be entertainment too, you know? Um, so that's where like the fight sequences come in and, um, the fun lines like, like, and subscribe, um, I do look at it back now and I'm like, awesome. That's like really cheesy and corny, especially like with the cop and, uh, and like the biblical references and stuff. Um, but I mean, like I, that's just, you just got to do the work and you learn, you grow from it, you know? So, um, I don't like regretting the choices I've made in it, but, um, I always knew as soon as like I was finished a film, I knew the next one I could do way better. And that's how I feel now. Like the next one I can do way, way better. So, um, so yeah, it was definitely a learning process, but it was, really fun and uh we're proud of it so no i applaud you i applaud you like i said i I think it's really really good especially for a college feature film one budget budget alone for you to keep it within that four thousand dollars um to me i is remarkable because a lot of kids and i've seen it especially when i look at how much these shorts are made for and i see some of these uh see some of these guy, guys i was going to say cats some of these guys who submit their films and i'm like they're in the 16 17000 mm-hmm. for 12 you know to 15 minute short and i'm like man you know that that not that it's a misuse of fundage but i'm more of the fact that you could have done a lot more and given yourself that calling card um, mm-hmm. so like yourself, you know, you, you said you made a feature film, you learned a lot from it and you're able to move forward and do another one. And, and so, and you're on your third one now, mm-hmm. and again, congratulations on that. Um, cause we did the same thing. We, we said, fuck it. And, you know, I was in college and a bunch of us like, like yourself, um, kind of got together and we're like, you know what, Let, let's do a feature film. Let, let's see mm-hmm. if we can do a feature film. Right. And it was one to prove to ourselves and two, to show the world that we could do it. Right. Okay? 
So I, again, I, I like the whole premise of it. Now you said you're in California now. So were you here in, in Texas when you were, were you going through uh, uh, college here in Texas while you were filming and then you moved or how did that go? Yes. Yeah, so I was born and raised in, uh, in a small town called Colorado city, Texas. It's like oh. near, uh, uh, Abilene. That's where we filmed at the end of eight. That's my like college town is Abilene. And so, um, we filmed it there while I was going to college at Abilene Christian university there in Abilene. And then COVID happened, um, a year after we like the year I graduated in 2020. And so I stayed in, in Texas for another year. And then, cause I want to move to LA like right away, but uh, wait another year. And then I moved out here in 2021 and been out here since. Now the, the follow on feature that you did after um, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. what was that process having, you know, completed this one on such a small budget with close friends and did, you know, did you step it up or, or what was, yeah, exactly. No, we did step it up. Um, and that's going back to your point about um, people spending a lot of money on short films or their first films. And like, uh, you, you just needing to do your film and learning from it and just to say that you did it and to prove that you can do it. Um, that was what at the end of eight was. And then once like, we proved that we could do it and on a small budget, then we were like, okay, we learned a lot from this. Um, we're ready for the next step, like we're ready to step it up and spend more money. And luckily we made some pretty good money from at the end of eight from Amazon. And we used all the money we made from it to put towards the budget for the next feature that we did. And I went back to Texas for, uh, it was summer of 2021 when we filmed it. And I went back to Texas cause it's just so much easier to film out in Texas. Yeah. Everyone is so, so much more supportive and you don't have as much competition like you do out here in LA. And, uh, so we used, um, a bigger budget and i knew like what camera that i wanted to use like we wanted to go up to 6k like we use the red komodo and um just like better sound equipment you know like like going through the process you know yeah. what you need to focus on like what's most important especially like going through post-production and so then you're able to think ahead and um and it was kind of like to reward ourselves so we're like okay now let's at the end of eight was all taking place in one house like at night now let's branch out in this one so in this one you it's like in clyde it's in abilene it's we did some filming in new york city and then we filmed in the uh the paramount theater like a ballet sequence and um we have like a car chase and like a shed explosion and wow. uh yeah so it's it's still not obviously like hollywood budget like style of a film but we like got out there you know like different yeah. locations and i think there's like 14 cast members in this one and we actually got like people from Georgia, from New York, from Florida, from LA and uh, from all around um, to kind of, you know, any up the, uh, the acting and not just have like your friends acting. Um, but, you know, like we, we, we uh, earned that, you know, we got there. Yeah. Um, so uh, it was, so that's how we like stepped it up uh, with this new feature. Cool. Now I got to ask you from your first feature film, what would, what do you, what would you, or what was, like two of the biggest lessons learned that you could take forward and grow from, at least for you. Um, I would say that uh, that film is forever. And like, once you have it done, it's, it's there forever, you know? So like you go back and you watch it and that's how it's going to be. So really take your time on writing it. If you are writing it or take your time on planning it, because once you do it, it's like that set in stone, you know, like it's, it's like that, forever. And so I think what I took from that 
is when I'm planning a film, I really, really think about like, is this how I want it to be? And then like when you're in editing, like you're spending hours and hours, like editing is such a long process. It's like make something that you want to watch over and over and over and that you don't mind, you know, like editing and seeing over and over and that you wouldn't mind watching after and uh, that you'd be proud to show like your, your family and and your friends and stuff. Um, And like, then I'd say like on the second to that is, uh, make something that's entertaining, like have some good entertaining moments in there. Um, don't be too serious. Uh, that's, that's what I learned from it. Cause people, cause you gotta think like people watch your stuff cause they want to be entertained. Like they watch movies cause they want to be entertained and distracted. And so you kind of want to, um, uh, provide that for them. So I'd say those are my, my biggest lessons learned from that. <laughs> cool. I, I like the fact that you said about do something that, you know, is going to follow you on forever. Um, mm-hmm. And that was one of the questions I was going to ask you, um, because again, like us, it, it does follow you forever, no matter what. You're always like, well, that first film you did, that's your little redheaded stepchild that's always going to be there, <laughs> um, tugging at your heels. With you, especially because you you go in or you went to L.A., do you still use, you know, uh, at the end of eight as part of your one reel as a filmmaker, as an actor? And or do you use it as part of your calling card saying, look, this is what we did on this budget, you know, take a chance on me or so forth. No, exactly. Um, that I will say that's what I did before. And I was like, look, I because the good thing about a feature is it shows your commitment. Like it shows I, I committed myself to this big project and I got it done because um, I, I even knew people um, who try to make a feature and they never got it done. Like they filmed the whole thing, but it it just got lost in post-production. Like it never saw the light of day. And that is like so sad. And then like, so then if you try to make another feature, people are going to be like, well, you never finished your last one. Or like the crew will be like, I worked with you on the last one and I never got to see footage from it. And so I think if you like have a finished feature, you have that to to say for yourself, to show your commitment and your work ethic and um, and to show that you've this ain't your first rodeo, like you've been through it before. And, um, but however, um, since it was on such a low budget and since we were college kids, um, and I was like starting to go to LA and New York and stuff and, and talk to the big dogs. I wanted to, for my next one, I wanted to, um, have something that looked more professional and bigger budget and, and to have something a little bit better that I can reference to people. And that's where dangerous ones came into play as I, that's where like, okay, let's get a 6k camera. Let's more have it where it could be put on Netflix, you know, like it meets the qualifications quality wise. Um, and just have something that, that, uh, I can reference to people and be like, look what I just made. Like, um, yeah. Cool. Now I, I got a question. Cause you said something about you were kind of making it with the idea that you could possibly get it on Netflix when you were planning this one and you kind of touched on it earlier about, you know, planning before you start shooting, mm-hmm. um, was that one of the biggest things that you had to plan out or in your head, you you said, no, I have to plan out this way that at the end of the day, yes, it's entertaining for people, but I still have to look at it from a filmmaker's point of view that I want, I want to get it into distribution to maybe possibly make money. And three, this could be a launching you know point for my career. Right. Yeah, uh, definitely with this one, with this newest one, I, I was thinking that beforehand, I was planning for that. And that's where we got the red Komodo idea. Um, because with Netflix, the qualifications are like, I think, like 12 bit, like um, camera, like anything below that. So like the camera that we shot at the Innovate with, they wouldn't allow it on Netflix. 
Um, Who'd you shoot uh, end of eight with? It was a Sony A7S II. Okay. Uh, which is 4K, but um, I think it was 8-bit. Um, yeah, it's 8-bit. It's yeah, and uh, it's still a great camera. But um, So we looked at Red Komodo, and that's 12-bit. I think it's 12-bit or it might be 10-bit, but uh, it, it met the qualification for Netflix. Um, and so that did, was a weighing factor, and we did plan for that. But um, just also like uh, thinking like film festivals, and and um, we wanted we wanted it to be something that a distribution company would could just pick up and maybe tweak or, or touch up, you know, um, to and then um, add to their to their catalog or whatever. Um, but with at the end of it, it would have had been like, oh, let, we have to completely recreate this or redo it, you know, like by the rights, um, just because like the quality isn't super top notch or like doesn't meet the same level as uh, other movies that these studios are making. Um, so, yeah, now uh, we definitely plan ahead for that. And also, funnily enough, um, with this new one, I knew how persuasive trailers are. And yeah. I know like um, most people will decide right then and there in the trailer if they're going to watch it or not. And so bef- while we were filming Dangerous Ones, I had shots in mind for the trailer while we were filming. And like I remember one scene we were filming, um, I set aside time to shoot to shoot it in a certain way just for the trailer. I was like, I knew we weren't <laughs> going to use it for the movie, but we yeah. were going to use it for the trailer. So but that's stuff that you learn by doing, you know, like I you learn that by by making films and by getting there. It's not something that you just automatically know right away. No, I, I, I guess you. Yeah, I think that's great because yeah. most of us don't think about trailers. I, I I never thought about my trailer at all. Mm-hmm. Um, until yeah, you get to somebody and you get like, hey, can you edit a trailer for me? And they're like, what do you want me to use without revealing your movie? And, and right. you didn't, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, marketing and distribution for uh. At the end of eight, I know you said it's on Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did you take any other avenues of of uh, self distribution or try to um, any other kind of uh, distributors or or aggregates out there? Um, yeah, so we were hoping on film festivals at first. Um, so we were waiting for the circuit to finish to see if anybody would be interested at festivals or, or reach out to us. Um, but after not hearing from anybody, I think w- the other avenue I looked at. I can't remember the name of it, but it was some indie, like film indie, or, or where they they buy it and they um, distribute it on their on their platform. Yeah. And I think we've considered that, but um, we looked at Amazon, and I think it would have been a better bet because I think with Amazon, you you have like, you know, it's just so simple. Like it has that that option of like click like buy to rent. And yeah. then we get 50%. And so it was a little bit more solid, like solidified, like concrete, you know. And I knew that we had like quite a bit of people who wanted to see it. And so um, I think that was just the safer bet. And, and plus, it just looks cooler to say it's on Amazon. And the thing <laughs> about like like being in Texas is if you say that like here in L.A., people are like, oh, yeah, like almost anybody can put something on Amazon. But in Texas, it's like, oh, my gosh, you have it on Amazon, like Amazon video. That's so cool. And so we just wanted to be able to like you know, make it look cooler uh, than it actually yeah. was um, and and have like a legit uh, income from it. And uh, and we did. And, I, and I'm happy that we did that route. But um, with Dangerous Ones, I definitely wish that we could have a different avenue, like explore something. So I just don't know that much about distribution. And um, and then I am using like a distribution company that I that we want through a showcase uh, that's, that's kind of like guiding me and helping me through it. And they suggested getting a publicist for, yeah. for a film. And I've never even thought about that before, but they said that you have to start 
with that pretty early on. Um, and so I think I'm going to do that for my, for my next feature, uh, like my fourth one, like, which isn't anytime soon, but see, that's another lesson that I learned, you know, like it's just, it's just a learning curve, especially how indie you do it, you know, when you don't have like a whole team or, or people helping you. So, um, but we'll see. And as far as budget now, I know you said you were in the 4,000 range for at the end of eight with, uh, the dangerous ones. How, how much of a jump did you have? So dangerous ones is 40,000. Wow. 40. Yeah. And that was completely funded through what we made from at the end of eight. Really? For Amazon. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Like we didn't have to fundraise at all for dangerous ones. Um, but, but see what I mean? Like we, we wanted to do that. We're like, okay, now that we have the budget, let's amp it up a little bit, you know, let's, let's step it up. Um, and make it a little quality extra. And so that's now, what we did. What what did you do extra with Amazon? Because I've heard horror stories with Amazon. I know there was like um I know their 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 payout was six cents an hour or viewing hour or something like that. Oh yeah. I think that's if you do the free prime video option. So like they pay you per hour streamed. Um yeah. and we didn't do that. We did it where you had to pay. I think at first we had a where it was three dollars to rent. Uh -huh. And then after a few months, we brought it down to, like, I think right now it's $2, I think, to rent. And it's still that. So that way we can at least get $1 because you get 50% through rentals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm not, I'm going to be honest. Like, I remember whenever we were getting ready for Amazon, I was so concerned because we had to get captions for it. Like Amazon wouldn't let you put it on there without yeah. captions. And the website that they wanted us to use, it costs like $100 to get captions. And I remember I was so upset. I was like, I'm trying to make money from this film. <laughs> yeah. And I, I I literally thought we weren't going to make, but like two or $300 from the movie and uh, ended up making at least 40,000 to, you know, like, so, but you research like how, how do movies do on Amazon? And there's hardly anything like, especially for indie people, yeah. there's hardly anything out there like to give you advice or other people's experiences and stuff. Um, so it's kind of, kind of a gamble. So. We have yeah, no especially if you don't have a big library. I know like one of my friends, he has a library of like 20 films, any any films that he's done, um, really low budget and everything. And he makes mm -hmm. money, but again, it's because he has a large library of them. Now, when you're talking about like yourself or, or myself, who mm -hmm. has one or two films, that's that's where I'm like, wow, you made 40,000. Congrats. Again, yeah, <laughs> great job. Um, especially for a film that only costs you four thousand dollars. I mean, that's really good, man. That's actually yeah. excellent for an indie guy, right? But I, but I'm thinking that like the, it's probably to the concept and the trailer. Like we're really proud of the trailer. Um, um, like I've heard great things, and and but I mean we've got like really bad reviews on Amazon too. So like people have been like like really really awful stuff. And I think some of the reviews were like the trailer is way better than the movie, or like uh -huh. the trailer was so misleading it made it look like it was such a good movie, but it wasn't. So. But I mean, hey, like that's the business, you know. <laughs> it's like, sorry, but uh, so I think the trailer was just like really helped it, and then the concept, you know. I think it just had like a really gripping concept, you know. Um, yeah. And and I will say, Dangerous Ones doesn't have that gripping of a concept, so we're kind of like, we don't know if it's going to perform as well or or what, even though it is better quality. So I think it's just a gamble every time. You just kind of need to stick to your roots and like make what you want to make, and just you know stick to that and be proud of it now how do you not go to sleep at night but how do you as a filmmaker creator 
having seen all those negative reviews, because this is something I ask everybody, you know, um, how do you deal with that? Being the creator, being a- actually not only the director and the writer, but also acting in it. Yeah. Um, it, I will say it was tough. Uh, the, the worst thing was I got a, I got like a hate email um, <laughs> because because like in the film, there's kind of like a cross dressing. Yeah scene and i mean it's a psychological thriller so we're kind of like just having fun with it and going with the i mean like silence of the lambs kind of like vibe you know like just kind of making it creepy and some people were offended from that and that was not our intent at all and so that i think that made it hard for me to sleep at night was knowing that i might have accidentally offended some people without meaning to you know and especially through that hate email and i i've had like people around me reassure me that that it wasn't and even the 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 actor in it who does the cross-dressing he's uh he's gay and he's in you know a big supporter of lgbtq and he didn't find it offensive like when you read the script or nobody pointed out so that was reassuring and i think just having like people around you who are going to be honest with you and reassuring with you and um and i think if you know that you did the best that you could in the time and that you're you know that you did all that you could and, and that you you're true with yourself and like i'm still learning I'm still growing. Like if you don't try to just bite back and, you know, prove everybody wrong um, or take it too, too seriously. I think with this new film, um, I am really, really proud of it. And I do think it's really good. Like I love watching it, but I know that I'm going to get bad reviews. Like it's just uh, bound to happen. What I'm going to do, and and I've heard of this from somewhere, but I think I'm just going to have someone tell me the reviews, like filter (laughs) it. Yeah. Like them go through it. Right, right, right. Uh, like, give me the constructive critis- criticism, uh, negative reviews, the ones that will be helpful, you know. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not going to look at them myself. So that's my plan for that. No, that's that's a good plan, because, yeah, I, I was the same way. Um, I had to deal with there's just one review that always plays in my head because, yeah. again, like yourself, write what you know and what you're true to true to yourself. Right. So uh, I'm Mexican-American. So mm-hmm. some of my characters they spoke English and Spanish and one of the worst reviews ever. And it got to me so bad was that, um, what, um, it went something along the lines that, um, I hate when people can't speak one language cause they're so uneducated. I was like, Oh dude, that's like, dang, really? like that got to me. Cause I mean, it's publicly seen and, and everybody, I'm like, right. It, it angered me for a long time. And I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I could care less if they say my, my, my shitty movie, this or whatever, I don't mm-hmm. care. But, wow dude you're taking a personal stab at me or something right i know and but when i think when stuff like that what i always think is if it was easy everyone would do it but you know not everyone makes movies not it's not easy for everyone to make art because you have to be vulnerable and it takes a whole lot of work and time and effort and so people who leave reviews and ratings are just consumers like they they're just viewers and anybody can watch a movie but not anybody can make a movie you know And that's what I always remember. Um, not to not to like downplay my audience, but but. Well, I don't um, think at, at that point I don't think they're just audience when they're actively participating in the 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 part of giving you feedback. But it's not even constructive feedback; it's negative right. feedback at that point. I don't think at that point they've crossed the line from being an audience to something just malicious. At, at least in my point of view. Right. No, they just want to bring you down, which isn't good at all. Yeah. I mean, I I could take negative reviews 
if you're coming at me with the fact that, look, hey, yes, your movie didn't look great, but this is something that maybe you should look at. Or, hey, exactly. you know, I didn't see that, that you didn't close this loop or whatever. Tell me something that, yes, it's negative, cool, but, you know, what do you suggest? Since you're so smart and you caught it, right. he suggests, you know? Yeah, and and it's, it's way easier to take a step back and um, examine everything and have time to be like, well, you should have done this and you should have done that. And like, I, I think too, like they don't know the full story. Like I remember in at the end of eight, something happened where people always pointed out, like they'll say like the lighting isn't great. Like it's dark in a lot of scenes. And I remember thinking back on set and like, we had like three lights and the wind blew it over and the, it broke the battery casing. And so we had lost a battery casing, but we were on a, like a time crunch for schedule. So we had to go with two lights and, but like we could have put it over there, but we needed it for this. And, you know, like one of our crew, you know what I mean? Like so many factors yeah. build up and it's like, they don't know that, but you can't, like you can't make excuses and you can't build it up, Like you can't tell everybody like, well, uh, it's because of, like we were going to do that, but we had to do, you know, you can't yeah. say that to everybody. So, but with that being said, like, um, you're right though, like the constructive criticism with negative feedback. Like I got a lot from that from at the end of eight and brought that over to dangerous ones. Like I had that in mind. Like, okay, I remember people said this a lot about at the end of eight. So I need to work on that for this, or I need to keep that in mind for this um going into this one. So that's pretty badass. Um I let's touch a little bit back on the whole because I, I I do remember that scene um about the cross-dressing scene and and again, it was one of those twists at the end that at the end end mm-hmm. where where I was expecting a certain something to happen. I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? Because it made me think that. And I was like, OK, OK, OK. And then when they ended up in the room, I was the first thing. Yeah, I was like, silence of the lambs, callback. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So he's he's, he's pulling a lot of. Like uh, uh, stuff that would have motivate you or or inspired you to do you know certain things and and i love that because you you could pull and and you could see how you were you were uh uh, inspired to do certain things Mm -hmm. but as far as like when you were writing it did you honestly just you were just writing 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 or or that thought process was like oh man i remember that scene and i think that'd be cool scene or was it i know you say it wasn't intentional to like insult anybody would but was it intentional to be like you know what i think it'd be great twist because of whatever and and i think he'd be great if it was a cross-dressing scene right um no totally i i was but i think i really was just writing 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 like i ideas were just pouring and i kind of was like going from the beginning and like I, I knew how it started i knew how it ended and i just like went like just like let them explore all through the house and I just knew the audience was going to get bored inside the house eventually. So I'm like, how can I make this interesting? Like, and then it's like, they don't know who all is in the house, right? Like you don't know who all is inside. And so I wanted to make it look like there's more characters like, Oh, there's like two guys and a woman in there. And, um, but I wanted it to be like a twist. Cause I'm like, well, what if, but the woman wouldn't be doing this and the woman would be stopping them or, you know what I mean? Like, there'd be like reasons. And so I I had to be like, well, what if it's not a woman, you know, like what if it's, but it's also like this guy who's in there, he's kind of twisted already. And that's where I think people got offended. It's like, Oh, are you saying that trans or people who like to cross dress are twisted in the head? And I'm like, you know, like, it's like, you know, like there's other factors showing that he's twisted. Like, it's not just because of that, but, and I try to like build a backstory. And I, and I think when I was writing that, I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, 
then you can't just do it random. Like, oh, he just randomly wanted to do this. So I try to build a subtle backstory. Like, so he talks about it briefly, like where his mom um, said he was like, and he was never going to be pretty or an ugly child or whatever. And, um, and having the photographs, you know, of him like standing next to like these other women, like in theater and stuff like that, like in plays. And, and that's what gave him the ideas, you know, like he, I think, the backstory I had was like, he once played a woman in a play and that gave him the idea. Like he, he fell in love with like being a woman and that made him be like someone else. And like, I don't know. Um, it, we didn't dive too much into it, but it was like very subtle. Cause I, that was not the main point of the, of the movie. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, it was just like ideas just flowing out and trying to build off of it. Um, but it wasn't just for me. Like I spoke with my friends and my producers and stuff. Like what do you think about this idea? Like, is this creepy? Um, does this work? And we kind of like brainstormed off each other. So that's cool. So the, the writing process, pretty much you you're not in a dark room with a little flashlight, just writing, writing, writing. So it's very co collaborative. Yeah. Um, right until the end. Um, I, I like to talk out my ideas, too. Like if I get stuck, like I, I have a friend who I'll explain to him like, I'm in this scene, but I need to get to this scene, but I don't know how to get there. Like, how do I get there? And then I remember once I was so stuck and he was like, well, what if they did this? And I'm like, that's gold. Like, yes, like that works perfect, you know? And so it's like, if it, if you talk out your ideas, it sparks stuff. Um, and that's, that's what I like to do. But so not necessarily like sit down and write with people, but like talk out ideas and, and the, like the skeleton of it, like the whole outline. Um, and I listened to a lot of, uh, music from like horror films and, and thriller films while I was writing. And that really helped a lot. Like whenever I was driving in the car, I yeah. wouldn't be blasting like, um, uh, music from like suspense thrillers and, and horror films. And that really got the ideas pumping. That's great. I, I actually never thought of that one. Huh? Yeah. I have to use it next time I, I write something, you know, at least like music inspired from certain movies. Right. That'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah. Now, with uh, Dangerous Ones, yeah, tell us a little bit about that one, the idea and the concept for that one. So Dangerous Ones is about a New York City couple who take a getaway trip to Texas, but unknowingly cross paths with um, this drug smuggling um, operation um, on the border of Mexico and Texas. And um, so the the main guy, he um, used to live there in Texas, and then they moved away but they never sold his childhood home and so that's where they go to and it's been empty for a while um and um once they get there some kind of sketch things start happening with like other people in the town and um yeah they start figuring out what they got themselves into um so that one is a suspense driven thriller as well but we also call it like a crime drama like a, a neo-western crime drama um and this one has like I really like it because there's like a relationship drama in it too. It's because um, I really do believe that I can't remember who I heard it from, but it's putting ordinary characters in extraordinary circumstances. That's what can make a story so intriguing, you know? And yeah. um, I think that's what, what this film is. And uh, so there's some really sweet moments, but there's also some like really wicked and uh, suspenseful in action. We have a lot of action in this one. Um, it's not, an, I wouldn't call it an action movie, but the last half are some pretty badass uh, fight sequences that we've been getting a lot of praise from, which we're really proud of. And that was like a whole lot of fun to film. Nice, nice. Now, oh, yeah. two things. One, um, you went to school 
well, um, I believe your actual, um, see, Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in acting in Abilene, mm -hmm. and then studied film production and personal screen acting at Los Angeles Film I'm reading your um, Los Angeles Film Studies Center. So mm -hmm. you're kind of focused on film, film production for school, right? Mm -hmm. So the question right. is, should people go to film school or not? The, yeah. the, the, the big question that everybody always asks. Right. I think it's helpful. But if like if you're going into debt for it, then I wouldn't recommend it. Um, and I think, too, I've heard from people that they get pigeonholed once they get there, like they get like they get sidelined um and they don't really get like get to be a leader of their own project or do their own thing um but for me like i minored in film in my main college degree and so yeah. that was more film study like we didn't do like film production yet it was more just like watching movies and talking about like studying them and writing essays and stuff like that and then and the los angeles film study center was only one semester and that was like film production um but i think where that is beneficial like that is more important is uh networking like i met so many good people through that and you make so many good friends and connections um who are passionate and hardworking, and then you can call on them to help you with your films but i i think the best film school and you hear this from like quentin tarantino and like james cameron and stuff that is just doing the work yourself um because there really is no rules in filmmaking and of course you'll learn the right way to do it eventually but uh you really, really learn by doing it yourself. And sometimes if you, if it's just you with a camera and you really have to do all the work, you get to learn how to do everything. And that better prepares you for future stuff. Um, like it helps you talk to your cinematographer. It helps you talk to your editor, you know, and make sure that sound is good and you learn how to work with actors and yeah, it gets you all well-rounded and prepared. And it helps you as a director to see the full picture. Like yeah. when you know how like every step works in the whole aspect. So yeah, don't go into debt for film school. <laughs> that's my final <laughs> answer. <laughs> I think that's the best answer I've heard so far. Cause everybody has their own, you know, their own, their own ideals or, or how they feel about film school. And again, mm -hmm. most of the time, the biggest thing, positive thing is yes. Um, being able to connect with people. But right. you're the first one who's like, don't do it if you're going to go in debt. I like that. I like right. that. At least keep it real, right? You know, Right. Like put that money towards one of your films. <laughs> yeah. You know, be a Kevin Smith. Because I think he he dropped off. Yeah. He dropped out of his last semester or something like that and invested that into his film. And, and it paid off. So I'm not saying yeah. it's going to pay off if you drop out of college. You know, <laughs> but it could. It's a gamble. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the next gamble that we're going to talk about is uh, the film festivals. Should you or should you not like try the film try the, the festival circuit? Yeah, I think so. Um, especially now, it's like super simple to do. So like with Film Freeway, like that's what I use. Um, you just have to be careful on where you submit and, and what you submit to. Like definitely some festivals are just looking to, to for a cash grab, you know, um, and uh, they don't really give you the credit or appreciation that you deserve. Um, but um, it is tough. Um, like we submitted a lot of festivals for dangerous ones and um, it's a long, slow process and uh, it just delays like releasing it and stuff. But 
it is really fun um, when you when you get into a good festival. Um, it's just a good time to celebrate your film and to meet other people and and um, watch other films. Um, so I think it's worth it. And and it the like accolades look good on your films like portfolio and trailer and think about that like for your poster and stuff if you put the the um laurel on your poster it helps it like helps it out like when people say like oh shoot like it it's it's this good where this it won this award or like this festival like it made into this festival like like this festival wanted to screen it so that helps for that sake um but don't don't bet like all your all your coins on on festivals um but uh yeah, I think it's worth it. What would be your advice for people who want to submit to festivals? Um, we'll first study the festival, see if it's one that will match with your film. Some festivals are are specific, like, you know, like horror film festival, but it's not in the title. So you have to first look at that. And then second, look if they are like legit, like because um, uh, some festivals, they'll charge you for they'll charge you to submit for like even awards so it's like it's like 20 bucks to submit to be selected like for narrative film and then 20 bucks to be considered for best director 20 bucks to be considered for best actor 20 bucks you know what i mean and like that's not right in my opinion i think like if you submit a film you should be considered for all the awards um so look for that and then just look at the reviews from that's what's good about film freeway as well is that there's reviews and ratings at the bottom then um people from past experiences and then also if it's local if it's close and nearby and you're able to go um i would definitely recommend submitting to places where you can go and be there um yeah and like keep it in the united states you know <laughs> no but yeah, I, course, I, I, unless like, it's a bigger film. I, I like that idea that the fact that if you keep it local you're able to go and network so that opens up your right. your, your little pool of people that you know um, not only that, right. but you're also supporting local, you know, filmmakers as well. Because I know some of these 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 uh, film festivals are are run by actual people who are in the industry. Um, I mm-hmm. just what is uh I just interviewed maybe three episodes ago. Um, he's from Corpus, and he started off in Dallas, and he opened up a festival in Dallas. Now they're opening up one in Corpus, but it's the same guy. And one, he's an educator, and two, he's an actual filmmaker. So I was like, wow, that's pretty badass, you know. So but yeah. it's just yeah, yeah they you're right. Say again? They want people from their own state, like from Texas, you know, and wherever you are, um, to be there. Like they want to like be proud of it and and uh, help you out and support you and stuff. That's badass, man. So mm-hmm. where can we find your film? So Athena Bay is still on Amazon, and then um Dangerous Ones is actually coming out this weekend. So funny enough, um, it's out on Amazon this weekend, and I've actually been working on the new trailer um, that uh, announcing it. And so that will be out soon. But you can find more info on our website, beyondstarfilms.com. You can look us up on social media and then on YouTube. You can just type in at the innovate or you can type in uh, dangerous ones and look for the trailer there. Uh, And then we have some other cool like behind the scenes and bloopers and. and then we're going to upload like the Q&A from the premiere for Dangerous Ones later and stuff like that. So that's where you can find all of that. What about yourself? Because I know you're an actor. Where can we find your reel and uh, how to get a hold of you? Of course. Um, so it's 
pretty much the same. So you can find me on YouTube, uh, Rankin Dean, and um, that's where you can find my reel and other like short films and projects that I've done. Um, and then I'm on Facebook and Instagram and IMDb. Um, and uh, yeah. Um, and then feel free to email me, um, Rankin Dean Bullard at gmail.com. And you can find that like on my Instagram and IMDb and stuff. So, and everything's Rankin Dean. Yeah, that's my stage name as Rankin Dean because some people had a hard time growing up saying Bullard. They call me Ballard or Bullard or yeah. <laughs> whatnot, so, <laughs> nice, nice. I like it. It actually rolls off Rankin Dean, very Hollywoodish. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cool. So, um, last thing, um, any shout outs? Thank you. Anything like that? You want to, you know, stage is yours for the next couple minutes. Um, I mean, just thank you to you for having me and uh, supporting Indie. No, 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 no. Other people. (laughs) Um, and uh, I guess just like my parents for supporting me and Sammy Castillo, uh, my my best friend and producer, um, and Cody Toll. And, uh, yeah, and, um, and, um, got to thank God for all the blessings and allow, allow me to do what I, what I love to do and pursue my dreams. So, super well, I yeah. want to thank you for being on the podcast and again, guys, um, catch this film. If you haven't seen it, um, at the end of eight is on Amazon. Uh, what is it? Uh, the dangerous ones. I have to read it. It's right behind you. Dangerous Good. ones. Is gonna be on um, Amazon this weekend, May sixth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, May sixth. It will be on Amazon. It is worth renting, guys. Um, once you do that, also make sure you leave a a positive review. If you don't leave a positive review, at least be you know, mm-hmm. fuck. How can I say? It? Be nice about it. <laughs> be creative it and and actually give them you know feedback. Um, leave a like. Um. Do rate them because it, it does help. The metadata does help. It helps uh, being able to, especially on, on Amazon. I know the more you, ratings you get, the more likes and everything, the, the better it is for Amazon to be put you up uh, up front. Exactly. Um, and again, we're independent filmmakers. The more you watch, the more you like, the more you share, uh, the better it is for us. Um, and again, uh, congratulations on on shit doing badass with with mm-hmm. at the end of eight because to get that much of a of, of a turnaround with such little investment congrats and it was right. a really good movie i loved it great freaking plot twist at the end twists with a, a plural s because it was constantly twisting and i was like damn it fuck <laughs> <laughs> like, like let me get the payoff the final payoff um, but it was a really good movie man I, I appreciate it so i'm looking forward to dangerous ones um again it, well it's gonna be on on uh, amazon this weekend so i'll probably rent it saturday and check it mm-hmm. out I'll, I'll let you know yeah, let me know what you think. <laughs> but until then, guys, keep watching films, and uh, we'll see you next week. 